The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. It's time to talk money. Open the curtain, please. We are introducing New York State Clean Hand Sanitizer made conveniently by the state of New York. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. This is a superior product to products now on the market. Purell, competitor, New York State Clean. It has a very nice floral bouquet, little I detected, lilac, hydrangea, tulips, what is my Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. It's not Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. It's Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza. So two mics for one, and Glenn's out this week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, we were we were walking in together. We actually walked into the office together with the same hats on. I'm like, man, are we ever in sync? <laughs> we we woke up with the same inspiration to wear the financial guys' uh, cami camo hats. <laughs> so uh, anyway, yes, Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza in for Mike and Glenn, and uh, this is the Financial Guys Radio Network. If you're just tuning in, News Radio 930 WBEN, and we are so happy to be here. Um, a lot of rain the last couple days, it seems. Remember those 97 days? Yep. Feels Holy like a long time ago already, doesn't it? It went from, I mean, it went from like 50s to 90s. I, I drove home the one day and I said, holy cow, it says 97 on my my thermometer and cranked up the air conditioning. But it's been great. Yesterday a lot of fun. Was like, yesterday was a hurricane out there, it I know. Like, didn't it? It, I, was, I think we were at the office till what, about six, and, yep. it, and we were all just hanging, and it got so dark, it was like turning into like a scene from The Wizard of Oz, <laughs> you know? Um, anyway, this is always an open mic session here, folks. If you are frequent listeners or if you're a new listener, you can reach us at 8030930. You can actually do calls and texts now to that number. Um, if you're not in this area, 716-8030930. Uh, you can also call 1-800-616-9236. Um, as you might know, uh, we broadcast here on WBEN in Western New York. We are also on WAM Radio in the Rochester, New York area. And also for much of Florida, a lot of South Florida on WFTL 850. So if you are listening, thank you. Thanks for taking some time out of your weekend. And uh, we're always so happy to be here. Uh, you can also listen to us online, um, either through radio.com or iHeartRadio. Uh, so if you do get cut loose at 2 o'clock, folks in South Florida, don't forget, you can get on iHeartRadio and find us there. All right? We manage money for a living, by the way. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Sometimes we forget because we do talk a lot about the things going on, talk about the politics of our country, the states we live in, and, uh, and sometimes local. If you need us throughout the week, folks, in Buffalo, Western New York, 633-1515, 833-FIN-GUYS. That's 833-346-4897. And if you are down in the Florida area, you can reach our office right down in the Palm Beach Gardens, West Palm Beach area, 561-641-5050. Holy cow, I feel like we're ready for a break already. <laughs> that was a, a couple <laughs> paragraphs deep there. Man, so 
If you are under a rock, you might not know some of this, but we've been dealing with this COVID-19 crisis causing a market crisis, nearly an economic collapse. Um, And Mike and I were saying that seems like the old days because here we are now dealing with the just brutal death of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And um, what was so heartbreaking is not only that it was just right there in front of your eyes on the video, yep. but that it went on for so long that there was audio of this, and there were actually witnesses saying, come on, like, enough, like, get off of the guy. Yep. And and I don't think anyone's going to really truly know. I mean, I'll, I know they'll do autopsies and so forth, but whether the guy died from the actual knee being on his neck, like the carotid arteries being clogged or, yep. or um, compressed, no blood to his brain, he dies – or whether he went into cardiac arrest, or whether he, I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's, I guess there's all sorts of ways you can die. Yeah, and and they said, I mean, what was it, over eight minutes he was? Oh, my gosh. I, I just, a few other officers were on top of him, too, they said, at the same right. time. I mean, it's just, I don't, there, there's zero explanation for it. Right. And, and it's it's really just a, yeah. a super sad thing. And, and we have a lot of, of cop friends of the show, and, you know, of course, I'd never speak out, outwardly and who, who these people are, but they said, you know, believe me. I don't care if you're a cop, a nurse, a construction worker, a financial advisor, everybody that they talk to, including all the cops that they work with, think it's just the exact wrong thing to do when you're trying to apprehend somebody for yep. for signing his name on something he shouldn't. Yep. Like, my goodness. Even if he did it countless times, there's no reason whatsoever. Once you got this guy on the ground and he's handcuffed and he's lying on his side and I mean, there's just no risk of him getting up off the ground and running or, or nope. you know, putting anyone in danger. There's just no reason they should have gotten him into that patrol car, taken him down to the, to the station and booked him if he did commit a crime. He could have been sitting home right now, probably out on a bail or yep. with a court appearance date. Yep. Instead, we, we see this just devastation of some of, uh, not only uh, in Minneapolis, but across the country yep. now, yep. devastation of people who own businesses, devastation of businesses where people actually go to work. The very thing that 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 many cops get upset about, like this disrespect for each other and property, is now what we're seeing right. to sort of continue to like kind of proliferate this thing now. Yep. Just awful. I, I said this to you earlier this morning, and I think the saddest part is based on what's going on across the country right now. I mean, we've we've lost focus on what what happened, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's all about you know buildings burning down and businesses being you know ran through and and goods being stolen from stores, and it's just. It, it, it's it's getting worse and it's it's so sad just to know that you know what that guy went through and now we're talking about you know I know destruction exactly. not you know that's right yeah and you you do you wonder if in a month or two will we remember the name George Floyd right a, a true legitimate case of absolute abuse of of that police power poor Brutality. policing yeah. um you know a whole team of cops that really just should have known better my goodness and it definitely brings to light a lot of things like. In every industry, there's just there's poor people that do these jobs, right? Yep. Every industry, we're yep. saying, like every industry, you yep. can find bad apples, people that are just not very good at what they do. Yeah, we don't know these guys' history, but I'll tell you, I do know what we saw in that video, and there was not a moment where you couldn't have argued. All right, enough. enough. Yep, get off of them, right? Yeah. I, I was like almost screaming at the TV. Yep, as he's saying, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Like. Yep. 
you're 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 literally sick to your stomach. I was yeah. sick to my stomach I, for two hours after watching that. I, I didn't watch the full video because after you know thirty seconds of it, I mean, how much how much more can you watch that? It's just terrible, right? It was, so it was absolutely brutal. And uh, I know that we're probably going to hear from some folks out there. You know, don't don't wait till the end of the show, folks. We have a real busy couple hours. Um, I am actually looking forward to our second hour. We have a some of our colleagues that are are um, going to be special guests on the show. We have a yep. few few folks from our office calling in, talking about some of their success stories of late, how we're helping people. Um, but if you're nearing retirement, if you have started retirement and you're wondering how to make that social security claiming decision, you definitely don't want to miss the second hour of our show today. From two to three, we'll be joined by our friend and colleague, Andy Robertson, along with nationally known retirement income planning researcher and author, PhD, chartered financial analyst, Wade Fowl. And if you want to look him up, Prior to us uh, interviewing him later, it's P-F-A-U, the name Wade Fow, um, known all across the country for research he's done, the the books he's written. Uh, we're really excited to have him coming on to give his perspective on how to how to achieve a successful retirement. So don't don't uh, don't turn the dial. We say. All right. So how about uh, how about the shutdown and and this. This almost snail's pace reopening of, of Western New York and New York. It's uh, that's another thing. I mean, you know, what what can you say at this point, right? You know, I, just like the the business owners in Minneapolis, I mm -hmm. feel the same way about some of these business owners in Buffalo and, yep. and all across the country, really. But yep. you know, they put their life savings into things, and they put their, you know, not, not even the savings part, but the whole the whole your whole career you, your life you right? put every ounce of emotion <laughs> and, and every every and every bit of your energy into your business anybody i was just talking to actually to a client this morning about this mm -hmm. anytime you run a business or own a business you'll know this that it, it's not you know if you own a pizzeria it's not making a pizza that's not the, that's not it right i mean there's after hours there's before hours yep. there's you know during the day i mean it's just to, to put all that time and energy in and right. just, uh, I, my heart breaks for some of these people. Yeah. It really does. And I know some people were thinking like this week was the week they could open. Right. But I feel like our governor moved the goalposts again, right? Yep. He moved those goalposts. Um, now, instead of saying, hey, I'm going to be the one, I will be the one to make the decision. Now he's saying, well, I really want to leave it to the experts. I really want, I want to make the right decision, but he doesn't really want to make any decision. No. No, he, he wants to be able to, you know, basically hide behind, hey, listen, I may have wanted to open the economy earlier. However, the experts, right, the right. experts who've continued to work, right. the experts who had all the models that were so dramatically wrong, right. two million people right. did not die in the country, right. were over 100,000 of tragic deaths from this virus. But the models, these, all these people, these academics... We're not even close to predicting how this could unfold. Once the true data started coming out, they those those people they still dug their heels in. They said, "Nope, nope, we're not we're we're flat." But now it's we got to find a cure. And wouldn't it be nice to be able to just deflect everything, right? No oh matter God, what you do absolutely. in your life. Oh well, you know, Mike Hayflick told no me to do it. Or, oh, you know, I mean, no come on, it's, it's unbelievable. It really is. That's I mean, right. It, You're exactly right. That's exactly how it feels. Yeah. Like. You know, I led you here to this nearly to get to the finish line. I was responsible for all of that, but then you didn't cross the finish line. But I'm not taking any responsibility. Like, yep. that wasn't me. Sorry, figure it out on your own. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what, what I feel yeah. like he, they're doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about this, too, of course. Um, I actually, we have a friend, uh, my wife and I, we've known them for many, many years. I won't tell what kind of business they're, they're in, but they really anticipated being open this week. 
then they find out, no, you're not open. You're, we didn't clear the hurdles for phase yep. two, right? They have to cancel 40 appointments that are in their appointment book for this week. Yep. And she was beside herself. She's like, I, I really thought, like I thought I was ready to go. What am I gonna do? And I said, geez, don't cancel every day of the appointments, right? Because yeah. maybe Monday they say, okay, all right, fine. Because yeah. it seems so arbitrary now. Like those those measurements seemed arbitrary. Yeah. And now it seems arbitrary in terms of how they're enforcing those arbitrary rules. It's just very frustrating. So, um, folks, we're going to take just a quick break. We're going to get right to the phone lines then. Um, we have a friend of the show and colleague, Denny, um, Marty, Jim. You guys will be up the very moment we return. Um, you've got Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza filling in for Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle. We are the financial guys. We will not be long, folks, so please stay tuned. Uh, we'll be right back here on News Radio 930 WBEN. You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll-free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza here today on The Financial Guys Radio Network. Happy to be here and... Uh, Happy it's spring. Kind of almost felt like summer a few days ago. Looking forward to more of that. Um, if you're listening in the uh, western New York area, Rochester, South Florida, thank you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we kind of see ourselves as one big happy family. I know in our own offices, the extended family of reps that we, we work with across the country. But definitely, absolutely, not only them, but the listeners and our clients. We just We absolutely think of you as a huge extended family. So... Uh, we're going to get to some of the phones. I want to actually bring in my friend and colleague, our colleague, Ron Wasco. Ron, um, Ron, you are on the air, um, and you're calling in. I know you're going to talk a little bit about 401ks, um, not only on the, the from the standpoint of like people who have 401ks and what they need to do and, and that type of thing, but also businesses, businesses who want or have 401ks that maybe they're just not getting the service, they're not maybe meeting the expectations of their, their employees. So how are you doing, Ron? No, that's exactly it. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I appreciate right. it. It's a little bit warmer this Saturday, but that's all right. It's snowing, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bite your tongue. Don't say that word. Right? No, but you, you made a great point. Um, you know, for most, most people, retirement is going to depend on, on two major income sources, and you and I have the have the ability to work with people on both. One is Social Security, and the other one's their four hundred one k. The years those years of, of those fat company pensions are long gone, so people are are largely on their own. And no question, and and we talk about that all the time, folks. If you're listening, you know the the, the pension. We're talking about those defined benefit plans, the ones that basically, by definition based on the number of years you've worked somewhere, based on your salary, um, based on a formula, that then gives you a monthly pension payment for the rest of your life upon retirement. Those are largely gone, not altogether gone, federal employees, state employees, some private employers uh, still offer these pension plans, but now it's gone to defined contribution. It means you need to contribute to your plans and, uh, and make it work, right, Ron? That's exactly right, and that's exactly right. Yeah, it's um, it's really interesting. Um, we see a lot of people um, that 
they decide to retire just under normal circumstances. Sometimes they actually are terminated. They're getting laid off. We've seen a lot of that lately. We also see that they've gone through what I just call it like an intentional uh, career or job change. They just decide something better is out there for them and they move. So what we've actually done in our firm, and I know Ron is gonna be a big part of this, is we have a dedicated hotline now. And if you're out there listening and this might apply to you, it's 888-401-K-HELP, okay? 888-401-K-HELP, call. We can definitely take you through all of the various steps. Ron, why is um, maybe one approach, like sometimes people say, well, why don't I just move that old 401k into my new 401k? Like wait until there's a new employer in the picture, just move it to their plan. Well, unfortunately, some drawbacks with that are, one, you lose flexibility. So you your investment options are only going to consist of whatever that plan then offers. Mm-hmm. Secondly, you're, you're kind of on the on the hook for whatever expenses are and those don't necessarily always have to be exposed sure sure there's you don't know necessarily what you're being charged for with the management of that plan so by by taking control of your money and rolling that into an ira you have control over the fees you have control over the investments and you have have control over with who's who's managing that money for you sure and i know that at a certain age like that almost certainly becomes the better option when people are younger, though, we certainly wouldn't advocate just traditional IRAs, right? No, that's that's true. There's a lot of different options, and especially if you're a, a business owner, you own a business or run a business, you have a lot of options as far as what type of qualified plan mm-hmm. best fits you as a business owner, but also your employees as well. Awesome. Terrific. Folks, if you're out there listening, you want to get in touch with Ron Wasco, please just call our office at 6... 6- Three three one five one five. You can also reach us at eight three three Fin Guys. Thanks a lot, Ron. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Have All right, man. See ya. Very good. I, I think one of the biggest things there, right? You just have to plan, right? I mean, you no can't doubt. just make this stuff up as you go or, or try to do it at you know age 40, 50. I mean, you really got to try and start as, as early as you can and, and plan as early as you can. No right? doubt, no doubt. Yeah. Especially like in that accumulation phase of your life, you're younger. You're just trying to, to sort of build up that big pile of capital. Um, there are more effective ways of doing it than just sort of the hope and prayer plan that right. you might have uh, have been working on. Yep. All right, so we're going to go to the phones. Um, I'm going to bring in uh, Denny. Denny Artachi. This must be Denny Artachi. There's only one, right? Only one Denny. Right. <laughs> How you doing, pal? I'm good. Good. I hear you guys today, hey? Very good, very good. <laughs> and Denny, if you're, you, you, I know you've been a, a friend to the show. You've been on the show before. You're covering uh, a lot of our South Florida office. Yes, uh, definitely happy to be part of the family down here. And, uh, you know, it, it's different. I mean, to begin with, the weatherman said it was supposed to rain yesterday, all day, mm-hmm. today. And I think it's the same people that did the coronavirus models because they're wrong. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, come on. There'll be like a nice 10-minute storm that passes right by you guys, and then it'll be <laughs> sunny skies again. Kind of right. They're supposed to launch, hopefully, later on, uh, those two astronauts, but who knows? Yeah, that's what we were watching, actually, right here on the Weather Channel in the studio. So, yeah, it's going to be pretty cool if they can actually pull that off today. Uh, It's nice that things are opening up, uh, helping a lot of teachers and people that, you know, uh, were afraid to go out. Mm -hmm. Of course, uh, like you, uh, I help people a lot with their Social Security planning. I can't wait to hear the show with Andy later on. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. And uh, 
hopefully we can get back to having those kind of workshops uh, when things loosen up a little bit more. No question. Yeah, the in-person stuff is is always like a pleasure for us to actually conduct and a pleasure, I think, for people to attend. But the virtual workshops have actually been successful. I think we'll talk a little bit more about that later. So, Denny, to be reached, we can use our 561-641-5050 number, correct? Uh, yes. Awesome. So Denny Artachi in our South Florida office right down there in Palm Beach Gardens, West Palm Beach area, 561-641-5050. Denny, thanks a lot, pal. Talk to you soon. Hey, hope to see you soon, Mike. You got it. Thanks. All right. Um, folks, um, I'm going to go ahead to the phones, and uh, um, let me go ahead with um, John in Rochester. John, excuse me. Oh, yes, John. Hey, Mike. Hey, pal. Sorry, I, I couldn't remember if I hit four or three. You were for number four. <laughs> uh, how are you, pal? I've been doing good, Mike and Mike, no doubt. Good. Except for what's going on with uh, in Minneapolis uh, and other parts of the country. And mm -hmm. I watched that video, and I was my mouth just dropped open, and I was almost sick to my stomach, too. I, I was shocked, and I, I literally, you know, some certain things can kind of shake you. I, I always say things that happen in your family, you know, when you, you feel like you're out of control, you know, if it's your spouse, your children, whatever, like those moments where you just go, oh, man, I, I don't know what to do here. Like, that's how I felt. Yeah, that, oh, wow. I, well, you know, I, I have to say, though. Uh, hey, hey, John, stay here, okay? we got to take a hard break coming up on this uh, bottom of the hour, okay? Please stay on. Folks, you're listening to News Radio 930, WBEN, The Financial Guys. It's a write off for them. How is it a write off? They just write it off. Write it off what? Jerry, all these big companies, they write off everything. You don't even know what a write-off is. Do you? No, I don't. But they do. And they're the ones writing it off. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free at 800-616-WBEN. And cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. We have Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza in studio today. Um, we're going right back to the phone line. John in Rochester, thanks for your patience. And uh, go ahead, continue your point if you don't mind. Yeah, George, George Floyd, that was a, a, a guy, it was a torture they went through, too, for seven or eight minutes. That was that was pathetic. But but I got to say, uh, everybody jumps to the conclusion it's racism. <laughs> I, I'll tell you, I've, I've seen personally... During my many years uh, being on Earth, uh, I've seen bru uh, police brutality against white people. Yeah, and and uh, so everybody jumps to the conclusions that this guy was a racist. Uh, take for example, uh, in Erie County, I think it was last year, uh, a uh, Erie County Sheriff was convicted of brutality against a. Uh, Buffalo Bills fan. It was a high-profile uh, case. 
Mm -hmm. The officer's name was Ken Ectol, and uh, it was white against white. Uh, Sometimes uh, police, in a a very small minority, a minuscule percentage of police, Mm -hmm. make mistakes and shouldn't be in that position. And uh, uh, that's the... That irritates me that it's everything jumps to racism. Uh, there's a, there's an issue out there. I, there was a federal commission that did a study uh, a couple of years ago in New York City that said the conclusion was that a black person was two to three times more uh, probable to get murdered by police than a white person. However, uh, the black uh, bl- the black population in uh, the black criminal population in New York City also commit 37 to 51 times the more violent crime, rape, murder, <laughs> and other assaults yeah. uh, that are violent. And therefore, their conclusion was, in actuality, when you take the frequency of uh, African Americans that have to deal with police because of violent crimes, uh, the frequency means that uh, white people actually, uh, when you take that into consideration, are more more uh, susceptible to murder by police. <laughs> the fact is, the, the population of the criminal element in the black community is, is, is such a high level that their contact with police are so much more in confrontational situations. So, uh, it, that's sort of a second. Uh, that's sort of a second part of this. But the main right. is they make the conclusion that the guy uh, killed this person, George Floyd, because he was an African American. Uh, he just might have been a bad cop. In fact, in fact, I just heard on the radio uh, this morning that his wife has already filed a divorce. <laughs> we had a text <laughs> on that, John. We did. We had a text that he the, he had already basically lost his wife over this, but. I, I would bet that this was just the um, the straw that broke her back, basically, because a guy like that clearly he had some issues. I mean, there are, there are other cops there. There's this poor man under his knee, basically pleading for his own life. There's people videotaping this whole thing, which they must have known is going to be out on social media within minutes of of, of recording. And still, that guy just had that look, like a, a stone look on his face, like. Like defiance, like I don't care what your guys are doing. I've got my knee on you. And by the way, I think all of America is behind George Floyd right now, no and his family and and loved ones. Right? I mean that that there is no excuse for it. And all of us as Americans are behind him and 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 you know his family for this because there's just no there's no excuse. There's no None. he needs to be he needs to be prosecuted to the fullest extent. At None. That, None at all. So. John, thanks for calling in, pal. Talk to you soon. Okay. All righty. Yeah, you know, I, I think that um, there's no such color sort of assignment to um, to racism. There's no color assignment to criminals. There's no color assignment to good or bad cops. It's it's just going to be good or bad. They're good at what they do. They might mostly be good at what they do, yep. and then they have a really bad moment, and this yep. was a bad moment for that cop. I often think of coaches. You know, I know you're involved in football, yep. football coaching. Yep. Um, not to mention where it is, Grand Island. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Grand Island guy here. Yep. But I often think of coaches. Like coaches can often seem like outstanding, like ninety nine percent of the time. But when it's a real crucial moment, mm-hmm. whether it's a player, coach um, thing that's going on, some yep. some conflict, or it's a game situation or whatever, 
it's sometimes that that's when you find it you kind of see the true color of somebody yep. no pun intended on the color thing but just the true nature yep like like man he, he you know and i was i remember as my kids played fast pitch softball for years in volleyball i'd be like man this guy's a good guy this woman yep. oh i like her yeah but then there'd be that moment and you go oh i just got so deflated and i think i think sometimes with with a lot of careers and coaching is a great example of this especially at the high school level and collegiate level but mm -hmm. it's this it's this uh you know, power trip that some people get on yep. because they're in a position of power that they think they can belittle people, yep. assault people, things like that. And I think that's, right. you know, that's what we have to put an end to mm -hmm. in our country because there's just no, I say that all the time with, you know, that you hear about the coaches that bully a player right. for making a bad, that guy should never coach a football game again. That's you right. know, this guy should not see the light of day anymore for what he did to, to George Floyd. Holy so I, I think it, sometimes that power trip gets to people. And, yeah. you know. Law enforcement is not above the law, right? Nope. Um, I'm going to bring in another caller. Jim, how are you, pal? Yeah, good, guys. I'm going to get straight to the point. Good. Courts have ruled, and they came out with this ruling to remove race from the use of deadly force. There, there must be, before a police officer or a peace officer may use deadly force on any American citizen, there must be three pre-existing conditions. Now, I'm going to break it down for you. Mm -hmm. Ability. The individual that you are using deadly force against must have the ability to cause serious physical harm or possible death to you or to a third party. Okay, so there clearly wasn't that. There wasn't. Go ahead. <laughs> thank you, thank you. The second, opportunity. The opportunity must have already presented itself. Third, jeopardy. The individual that you are using serious deadly force against must have the ability to cause serious physical harm to you or to a third party. Now, I have watched <laughs> that video five or six times of the cop kneeling on the black guy's neck. Mm -hmm. I did not see ability, opportunity, and jeopardy present. Now, one thing we were taught is, as, as corrections officers, if, if you kill somebody and ability, opportunity, and jeopardy are not there, it won't matter that that guy was white or black, mm -hmm. Puerto Rican or a Mexican, or he had zebra stripes it doesn't matter right those three pre-conditions pre-existing conditions must exist before a police officer or peace officer can use deadly force and the law also states that before a police officer or a peace officer in the performance of his or her legal duty must act in good faith using reasonable judgment based upon probable cause. Let's assume probable cause was the police had probable cause. Mm -hmm. Not see that police officer acting in good faith and kneeling on that guy's neck for six minutes or whatever. Right. He was not using reasonable judgment. This is what this whole case is going to come down to. This guy is going to go up the river for a long time. That's why these riots are unnecessary. Yeah. Jim, now now there was about a three-day response to this, right? The guy got, got arrested in three days. In your opinion, was that fast enough? That was, I mean, as far as uh, law enforcement, uh, mm -hmm. going after law enforcement officers, yes, that was, a, in my opinion, that was a short amount. Yeah. Usually the unions and the union lawyers. Sure. Step one and step two, and back and forth, the prosecution, the defense, you got, you got to be arraigned, so forth and so on. Yeah. That was lightning fast, three days. But that cop was out of line, and, and I, I'll tell you what. 
I don't think Cambria would be able to get this guy off the hook. No, I <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah, and I mean, I'll say this. I have some family members in law enforcement. I was texting one of them last night, actually, and he said the same thing. He said, I mean, no one in law enforcement is defending this guy. He got arrested today. A three-day turnaround on a homicide investigation is insanely fast to make an arrest. So I think, you know, they've done what they've had to do. I, I would yeah. personally like to maybe see those other officers face some some uh you know mm-hmm. backlash for this because they i mean they were just as bad sitting there watching no it, i question. think personally i mean no it's just question as bad. about it yeah thanks rambo jim to be judgment on the other officers and like for instance one time i was involved in an incident where an inmate assaulted a corrections officer mm-hmm. after we got the situation under control and we got the handcuffs on the inmate we had a female sergeant that was in charge Right. He told the officer that was assaulted, no, you are not going to escort him mm-hmm. to the special housing unit. She told this black officer, she said, you're going to take him because that black officer, he was not emotionally involved. Right. Not assaulted. So right. He removed him. Immediately, the first thing she did was to take the officer that was assaulted sure. and him out of the picture. <laughs> Two officers escort him to the special housing unit that were not involved in the initial fracas because they weren't angry at the time. Well, I yeah. So thank, thanks for calling, Jim. Hey, you know, it brings to mind this phrase. I think it was my stepdaddy used to say this. You know, some things just seem like common sense, but common sense is not common. That's the problem. Things that seem like the, the easy way to, to resolve something, the easy answer, sometimes people make just a mess of it. You know, so um, let's go ahead right to Marty. Marty in uh, Kenton. Hey, Marty, thanks for waiting. How are you today? Oh, very good, Mike. Good, good. Um, I know I'm on a little bit of a different um, tangent here, but um, my respects and prayers to the families and all the members that were, were there. Mm-hmm. Not not leaving that, um, that thought process, and I'm sure it'll continue. But um, your last saying there is also um, what I'm calling about. There are literally literally thousands upon thousands of Americans and Canadians um, that are really being held hostage by Trudeau, mm-hmm. by uh, Cuomo, and by President Trump. First with the Nexus cards. Right. Started with the Nexus cards, which is just absolutely heinous and, and ridiculous. It's um, a big crybaby that can't cry any louder on the radio every day mm-hmm. and promote himself. And then we have the new thing, which is not allowing Canadians to come across the border to work, not allowing Americans to come across the border that own thousands and thousands of properties. Mm-hmm. Now, we have properties up there that are worth <laughs> several, uh, some of them, several hundred thousand but mine isn't that expensive. I'm just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. I haven't been allowed to go up there to see if I've got broken windows, if I got water <laughs> running, and hopefully my neighbors have been cutting my grass, which I'm sure they have because they're outstanding. And I'd just like to reach out to um, the officials that are listening and to mm-hmm. me and friends. We've had our family cottage up there, my wife's primarily, for over 60 years. Mm-hmm. And uh, we recently just bought that um, from the estate. Uh, so we've spent a lot of money. We have a lot of plans to spend more money there. 
because her family has been there for so many years. And not to be allowed to come across the border right now. When I sat there the one day and was told, well, um, we don't know if there's anything wrong with your cottage. Have hmm. Take pictures and have, have somebody take pictures and send it right. and get it, and then we'll look at it, which is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Thanks, Marty. Thanks a lot. Um, you know... I was just going to say, I think that's the toughest part, right? There's no rhyme or reason to no. what we're deciding here. No. It's just kind of no. like flavor of the month, you know? <laughs> well, it is. today, it is. well, we'll do that tomorrow. Well, that's not so good anymore. I, I laugh with the yeah. with the video of Fauci from a couple months ago saying masks are... Oh, he yeah. was like openly joking about it. And then now it's like the, you have to wear a mask everywhere. There's no... Jo- Holy it's, cow. It's every day. It's something that, new. He seems less and less intelligent to me every time I hear him because he he's, he's flip-flopped like at least three to four times yep. on... Masks, no masks. Distance, no distance. Um, it can be caught in the air. Well, we're not sure. Maybe it not. Be, maybe uh, it's uh, on hard services. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's not. I mean, how, how do you... So so if that's what our governor is going to count on, is that really what we want to count on? Uh, and that's the part, tough part, right? For I'm not going to defend Governor Cuomo because I, I just won't, but but I, I don't blame a lot of politicians for being confused if they are at times too because if you're listening to one guy... And listen, he says, well, what, you know, I don't know. Listen, they're the leaders. They should be able to, to, to know and trust that their, their uh, constituency, the citizens that they, they are leaders of. Get, folks, if you're listening, the leaders out there, we can walk and chew gum at the same time, okay? We can show up to a workplace and be responsible to each other. So let people go back to work and prove that so they don't have to keep, you know, basically building up the debt, building up the debt throwing their whole life's dream away, the, the business they've formed, and then losing their jobs and probably not getting many yep. of these jobs back. Like, enough is enough. Um, folks, we're going to take a, a break here in a moment. If you want to go through our unique homework process, um, I say unique because I think that we've got it right. We, we think of these four Ps when we deal with people. The first P is people, process, product, and then performance. Of course, you want to know that your whole advisory team your whole professional services team is performing at the levels you need them to to make you a successful, um, oh, maybe it's an investor, maybe it's a retiree, whatever the case. So I think we have this down. Our process is fabulous. Uh, You might be considering retiring soon. Uh, This whole COVID-19 crisis might have dramatically changed what your retirement plans were. Um, Maybe it's about your mindset about retirement. We have a tremendous team of specialists, folks. You can reach us at 833-FINGUYS. You can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, at FinGuys. Uh, you can even tweet us throughout the show with your thoughts or questions. We have a podcast now. We have a, actually have a new podcast called Governor Crazy. Don't know who that's about, but that's now available on, a, on the podcast app. Um, YouTube channel, hit the bell. You can see us anytime you want. And one thing I'll say is, too, it's it's not always a one-size-fits-all approach to Ooh. everything, right? And that's where mm-hmm. I think we can help a lot. It's not, you know buy this investment or do that Ooh. or buy this insurance product. There's so many things that we can, you know, research for you and, and, and find for you. So Absolutely. So we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to The Financial Guys here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Listening to the Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930. Toll free at 800-616-WBEN. 
and cell calls are free at Star 930. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. You have the financial guys, Mike and Mike. Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza, that is. The B team today? The, the B team, the, the JV team. <laughs> Coming off the bench, excited. Don't want don't, don't to completely mess it up. Hopefully. And I do want to thank, actually, uh, Carl Screener in chief, um, Jason. He just gives us such words of wisdom, <laughs> words of encouragement before every time we fill in. So I just have to thank him. And, and Frank R. Curry, of course, making sure this all actually goes well. All right. Well, yeah, lots going on. COVID-19 seemed to be the, 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 the story of the last several months, three months. Um, and I hate to say it, but unfortunately, it's being over, um, I guess, uh, overtaken, you know, I guess, overtaken right? over, yeah. you know, kind of glossed over to some degree by this poor George Floyd death in, uh, in Minneapolis. And, you know, four officers are uh, basically first fired. The first one arrested, right? The one that put yep. the knee on on, yep. on the poor man's neck, um, and there is just riots upon riots happening now. I mean, these went from peaceful protests—protests protests that I could literally see myself at. Like I right. could see myself right. um, in unison with all of these people saying, "Like I can't breathe. Like enough. Yep. Like how can yep. you do this? Yep. Like because let's face it, I have friends. I have friends of all different race and genders and and uh, sexual preferences, orientations, yep. whatever." Yep. And I don't care who it is. If I saw anybody having that t uh, done to them, yep. I, I, I feel like if I was standing there, I know that I may have gotten roughed up a little, but yep. I have a feeling. I feel like I would have went and tackled the damn cop. Right. And just right. literally knocked the guy off of that poor man. Yep. Like, yep. I, I just, I don't know. Do you, I, I don't, no, I, I agree. I mean, that's why I said I could barely get through 30 seconds to a minute of that video. Really? And it's just, it makes really? you feel, you know, sick inside, right? I mean, it, it's yeah. just, it's so, it, it, it was just beyond horrible at, at the end of the day. And you said it, Mike, earlier, like, like what it's done, though, all these riots and this vandalism and complete destruction of businesses and stores and some national stores now saying, we're pulling out, we're not going to be there. What is going to happen to these communities now? These were the places that these people could could probably walk to, to go ahead and shop, get the necessities of life, to work at. They and could work, work at. at yeah. you know, I mean, I, I. And these places are going to be gone. Yep. How does that improve their communities? And I said it to you this morning too, and this is more speaking to to my generation because if you watch a lot of those videos, it seems like it's a lot of people in yep. their teens and twenties and thirties. And I'm 28, right? So if I could speak to my generation on this, that, that what you're doing is just blatantly unacceptable mm -hmm. right you're, you're taking the focus off the problem which is is that brutality of that man mm -hmm. right and, and we need to come together not just destroy our communities and and i said this to you this morning it's our country and our people right you're you're just destroying that doing what you're doing when you i, I can you know i don't understand burning things down but i understand people are angry mm -hmm. but what is stealing tvs and video games and lego sets and all these <laughs> what does that have to do with nothing protests? to do with it uh, nothing right absolutely it, nothing it, it's just unbelievable no it's absolutely right and uh you know race baiter in chief you know nationally known uh al sharpton right so you'd think He'll come out with all sorts of good words of wisdom, right? And, and and set us all straight on kind of a, you know, get our moral compass in order, right? Well, he he comes out and basically the message was, listen, some of these folks are actually they're they're ruining black owned stores. As if it would be okay if the they weren't minority owned black owned stores. 
like stay away from those stores. Right. You can ruin the other stores. Right. This guy is just—he's such a joke. And it is, and it's just—it's—it's it's very divisive, right? You're you're just dividing people even further. Oh this is God. bad enough that we had to go through this, and we see this, right, from, from a, an officer. But now you're just looking to divide it even further when you say stuff like that. No and, question you know. about it. No question. Hey, I'm going to pull up uh, one of our colleagues, uh, someone I work very closely with. I'm in the social security claiming uh, area, and. I work with a lot of people that are approaching age 60 into their early 60s, and I help people in a very specialized way, um, and, and so does Ron Reinstein, my partner in crime in this. And uh, we, we often say to people, oh, you're talking about Medicare. We need to talk to, you need to talk to Brian Janik or someone else on our Medicare team. So I'm going to actually bring on Brian Janik right now. Brian, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Hey, good, good. I wanted to catch you before the top of the hour here. So what you got going on? Well, I um, just wanted to reach out to everyone and give an update on the insurance agency because uh, we got the many facets that we deal with. Uh, Medicare obviously is uh, one of the, the biggest things I think a lot of people are, are starting to realize. Mm-hmm. Um, the Medicare division is there. We're there to help people when they're turning 65, getting ready to retire, um, any of those decisions that they're thinking about and going from their company plan to Medicare, we're there to help people with that transition. Mm -hmm. We're also there for individuals. So anyone that's under the age of 65, that's not eligible for Medicare. We are license they're uh, certified with the new york state of health so we can mm-hmm. anybody with individual coverage and see what they might qualify for with subsidies or essential plans some of those programs that are out there and for me i also do group insurance so i started in the insurance industry 20 years ago and for the first uh, for 15 years, I've been working with small companies, companies with less than 50 employees, mm-hmm. and helping them with their uh, their employee benefits packages, coming up with the plans that, that work best for their employees and meeting with their employees so that they enroll in the right plans that meet their needs. Because, you know, we're, either there's been a lot of changes in the past couple years with the insurance. And sure. The big changes was... You no longer had to just offer one plan or two plans. You can offer a bunch of different plans, but a lot of companies then look at that and go, well, if I offer all these plans, how are my employees going to choose? Right. No kidding. And so, folks, if you if you need someone who really – he, he must have started when he was eight, nine years old, I think, right, if you've been doing this for 20, Brian, something like <laughs> that. But if you need someone who, who can help you not only at Medicare age of 65 in most cases – but prior to Medicare, but also on the business side, business insurance needs, health insurance needs, please call our office at 633-1515. Thanks a lot, Brian. Talk to you at the office. All right, we'll be right back here, folks, on News Radio 930 WBEN. The following is paid programming. Securities offered through Peak Brokerage, LLC. Member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Independent Solutions Wealth Management. The financial guys in Independent Solutions are not an affiliate of Peak Brokerage Services, LLC. The political views on this show do not reflect the views of Peak Brokerage. This show is not intended to provide specific legal, tax, investment, or other professional advice. Please consult a professional for your specific situation. This radio show is for informational purposes only and is not intended to solicit or recommend any particular security. The information discussed is obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but its accuracy and completeness are not guaranteed. 
It's time to talk money. How dare you? I want you to panic. I want you to feel the fear I feel every day. It's the Financial Guys radio program with local financial experts Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. We need to eat the babies. You have stolen my dreams. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. This is Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in studio this weekend. Um, boy, Memorial Day is come and gone. Already gone. This year's flying can't, can't by. It's it. flying by already. Yeah, I mean, it's just, um, <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I always wait. Um, I'll, sometimes I haven't waited to kind of mulch around my yard. And this year I've waited, and I'm glad I did because there's so much junk that fell off of all these yep. trees. Yeah. So, um, you know, the whole idea of beautifying the uh, the yard, it's not quite over yet. But um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting it done. I'll tell you that. Yep. Um, yeah, so we're happy to be here, folks. We've been talking a little bit about the... Uh, the very slow reopening of Western New York, New York, New York in general, uh, opening back this uh, country up for um, some more economic success, like we had pre-COVID, um, some amazing numbers prior to, I'd say, mid-February, and um, you know, it seems like our leadership um, just doesn't think that we can walk and chew gum at the same time. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's just so discouraging because you see, you know, in our business, we we talk to a lot of people that are business owners, that that are working people. They're they're trying to reach sort of what they see as the end end point of their working years, and they yep. they are losing their jobs. They've been furloughed. Um, and by the way, like, like let me let me just ask you this, Mike. Remember when this all happened, and then the, the relief money came out. What was the point of an extra $600 a week beyond the unemployment, beyond what people actually were making? Because talk about a disincentive to want to get your job back. Uh, I was just going to say that Jay, Jay Blanchard <laughs> always says it best, right? You you incentivize bad behavior and you de-incentivize good behavior, right. right? I mean, it's just... It's so true. And now what? So they got the money, but then what? when, when that runs out, then what do we do? I just can't Keep doing it? it or, I, I don't know. And now I, I now I I mean then it went to um, you know so why would people want to go back to work if they're going to get an extra six hundred bucks but then then I'm starting to read these things about oh yeah there might be incentives like bonus incentives to go back to work so not only did we give people more money than they really were getting in their full time job I mean I literally know some people who are making more money than they've ever made before. Yeah. I don't know why on earth they'd want to go back to work. I just can't figure well, that out. And, and what California was trying to pass with the two thousand per person, oh my gosh, up to, and then up to three kids at two thousand, you could be making ten thousand dollars a month for I know. for what? It just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Um, I I just don't know. Uh, again, common sense not always common, and uh, we're seeing it from our leadership at so many levels. Um, we're also obviously talking about uh, George Floyd, and the the George Floyd is the gentleman who was basically pinned down on the ground with a knee right on his neck, yeah. um, not allowing him to basically get up. He couldn't anyway. He had handcuffs on, um, basically arrested for like either signing his name when he shouldn't have, forging a signature, something like that. We don't know all the details. We really don't know all the details of how he died. Clearly, though, this incident made him die, yep. whether it caused him to go into cardiac arrest, yep. caused something to happen that just it ended his life. Could have been the, the knee on his neck, but... Just a disgusting, disgusting thing. I don't care what color you are. I don't care what your situation is. I think we can all agree. 
course, now protests have turned into riots, and yep. um, it's just disgusting. Yep. What have you been up to here in the office now so, on the property casualty uh, side? I'll tell you, we're staying busy. Uh, it, it's been a very busy year so far, and, and I, I think it's it's just going back to the basics with some people, right? Reviewing your coverage, making sure the deductibles you know fit your situation. You know That can sometimes save people money. Sometimes they have mm-hmm. them the same deductible they had 25 years ago and now we we increase that a little bit because they're in a better financial position and it ends up saving them some money you know making sure liability is good you know making Mm -hmm. sure you have enough coverage on your home so it's just been a lot of back to the basics and and you know i I have a little example from this week and it was actually yesterday and sometimes you know what we can help clients with we do a little extra work for them and find something that really makes sense and i had a client who was with a certain company and and had uh a, a home policy through travelers who, who we work with but mm-hmm. um she her husband recently passed and, and and she was you know just needed some help on how to figure out her insurances he used to do all the insurance work for her so mm-hmm. I, I did a phone call with her yesterday we reviewed her coverage we shopped her auto and home around a little bit we ended up saving her over 700 hours we, we kept the home with mm-hmm. travelers it got rewritten into a new product and we we helped her with her auto and the umbrella and just by making a couple calls to some underwriters and and really reworking everything it saved her 700 bucks she was happy she feels like she has someone that can help her now and watch over her stuff and i think you know that's what we've built on your side yeah, and yeah. my side right it's not yeah. just that we sell you a policy and run away from you it's we we want to be that you know uh that that arm that you can Absolutely. lean on and you know that shoulder you can lean on so i think that's important for people to know so cool yeah, yeah. it's so cool I, I i always tell people it's it's actually highly unusual that people will come in just to see me for their financial review because yep. they're often either coming from your office or they're heading to your office yep. or they're heading over to see our mortgage broker now ryan norton who yep. can help people with new mortgages refinancing of mortgages they might be going to see our wealth management attorneys, um, Tom or Kevin. Brian Janik uh, and Medicare Janik department. we just yep. talked to. Yep. Um, very common that I'm sending people yep. to Brian or he's sending them to me. And the cool thing is that you, you know we can actually walk people from one office to the other and uh, introduce to them and yep. say, hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish. I mean, it's just a, a phenomenal uh, process that we've created. And and honestly, all the credit to Mike uh, Lomas and Glenn Wiggle yep. for, for building such a great Great team from a great vision of how to help people in many, many ways. And I always laugh because what I do, I think I'm often about how do we best accumulate wealth? How do we best optimize income that people will have in retirement? But you're doing the other side of it. You're saying, how can we best protect but also, how can we best lower costs? Right, and I, I think that's what's what's so you know it's so rewarding. You know, I actually yeah. had a, a a lady I was on the phone with yesterday, and she almost started crying because she was just happy that yeah. she was you know mm-hmm. part of something that could help her. Right, and it, it, whether it's savings or better coverage, whatever it's it's we we build it. And and what's cool about our departments too is they they're true departments, right? It's not right. just oh, one yeah. person. Your yep. social security department, you have many guys you're working with. Yep. I now have Larry Loveless, who's been great and, and really, you know, coming into his own in our firm every day. And, and I, I just, it's, it's fun to build. No it really doubt. is. And, no and work doubt. with people and, and, and just help people. Yeah. I think that's the best part. We've got maybe, honestly, <laughs> me might be a little biased, but the support staff um, going down the line, your McKenna, who yep. just does so many things now for you, yep. has learned so much in the short yep. time she's been working with you. Yep. Sue, um, Sue, yep. Hannah, yep. Lauren. I mean, just such such a tremendous staff. Not to mention our wealth management team, and we have a great yep. great team. In fact, I'd like to actually um, just mention that we are going to be having an upcoming workshop now. Of course, since this COVID nineteen crisis, we have had to modify things a bit. 
we're actually going to be having a virtual workshop, and it's on Wednesday, June 17th at 6.15 p.m. Again, Wednesday, June 17th. This is an economic and market update webinar. Okay, you can uh, register right off our website, thefinancialguys.com. And uh, we're actually going to be talking um, all about the, the recent market act, uh, activity, the market volatility. Amazing. The markets have, have largely recovered from where we were. I think the bottom was March 23rd. And since then, and I'll knock on wood, I don't know that that ultimately is the bottom, but so far it is. Um, we've actually had, heck, year to date, we're only down about, I'm going to say somewhere around 6% on the S&P, about 11% down on the, the Dow year to date. So we're not at the 30 and 35% ranges anymore, folks. We've, we've largely recovered, um, but we're going to hear from our team of experts, Independent Solutions, CFAs, John Thur, Paul Meeks, um, stock expert um, and guru, I'll call him, Dave Mariocker. Um, you're going to hear from our team to, to get their insight on this market volatility, the state of the economy. Again, this is on Wednesday, June 17th at 6.15 p.m., don't miss this webinar, folks. You do not want to miss this. Isn't that crazy to think we're almost shut down over two months now? Oh, my I gosh. I mean, isn't no. that crazy I, to I, think? I, it's been a – I always I, – I laugh. I say it's a bit like the, the, the Twilight Zone, but it's also a little bit like the Groundhog Day movie where yep. every morning Bill Murray woke up <laughs> and he hears Sonny and Cher, yeah. that I Got You Babe song, and yeah. he hits the hits the alarm, looks out the window. It's the yeah, same, same day thing. all over again. That's how I That's how I felt. Um Anyway, so um, I think what we'll do, we'll take a quick break. We're going to come back to the phone lines. We're going to go to Tony, Joe, Dolores, and then we have our special guest and friend, Andy Robertson, then uh, to join us. So we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, you've got Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza from The Financial Guys. Happy to be here this weekend, folks, uh, sitting in for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. And uh, we'll be right back here on WBEN. make age an issue of this campaign. I am not going to exploit for political purposes my opponent's youth and inexperience. Although I've been around for a while, I can remember when a hot story broke and the reporters would run in yelling, stop the chisels. But I am aware of my age. When I go in for a physical now, they no longer ask me how old I am. They just carbon date me. You're listening to The Financial Guys, local financial experts, Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. You got to love some of those Ronald Reagan clips. Um, you, you, you know, sometimes you get lost on uh, online and there are some really, really good clips, some great storytelling. Um, boy. That seems like a lifetime ago, yeah. <laughs> 40 years ago that he was, what, eight, 1980 elected yep. president? Yep. And uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. They carbon date me. I'm so old. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> anyway, Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza in for Mike and Glenn this weekend, having a good time here. Lots to talk about. Not all uh, not all good things, of course. Nope. COVID-19, nope. reopening the economy, George Floyd death in uh, Minneapolis, and Boy, I'm really hoping things have uh, will settle down tonight. I, I wondered about the the riots. Like, I I don't know why why don't we immediately um, just uh, 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 what do you call send it? in the national guard? Yeah, why or, not yeah. immediately send them out? Why are we waiting until there's 
like multiple double double digit businesses that have been burned down before we say, well, we're now thinking about doing it. Like right. I don't get that. I think it's got to start from the top down too, right? I mean, you gotta you can't just have people running through the city and burning down buildings and right. and you know destroying businesses and targets Unreal. and whatever. It's know? their livelihood. It's what people are doing to make a living. Anyway, hey, we're gonna go to the phones. Um, we've got Tony and Joe. You will be on deck. Tony, how are you? Everything is roses. Yeah, oh boy, I wish, huh? <laughs> you Far know, from it. Say something. No, nobody likes the fact that they're burning down businesses. I mean, actually, it's horrible. But, and I haven't heard anybody make any excuses for it in a, in a good way. And I, and I guess I got to say it that way. We're under house arrest. Our businesses are closed. We're, we're under a tyrannical rule. And they don't expect people to start burning things down. I mean, if we would have done that in the beginning, we probably would be open now. Or we keep bringing a knife to a gunfight. This is pent up frustration. Naturally, that killing of that uh, uh, a person was disgusting. Mm -hmm. It was bad. I couldn't even look at it. I can't believe it. But we all know that. But this is pent up aggravation that people are finally had it. You know, you're going to see if we saw more of this, maybe our governors that are keep, uh, keeping us under lock and key like Nazis well, are going to finally say, you know what? These people are getting pissed. We better yeah. get out. I, I, I guess I, I, I'm not going to completely disagree with you because I think I, I understand where you're coming from, but I just cannot condone that you're you're doing this to your own community, to the to the actual buildings, to the to the businesses that these people, many, many very vulnerable and innocent people frequent. You know, these are these are businesses that are necessary in those communities. And and that you know, when you see Tony on on the air on TV. You see these people swinging um, hammers at safes and trying to break open cases to steal uh, iPads and so forth. Like, I, I don't care. You know, you could say, oh, I was mad. Well, that doesn't mean you can go ahead and do this to, to, to other people's property. And I don't get what it solves at the end of the day, right? And, and again, I, I, I think I think what does it solve is the first question. And the second question is, again, I'm not condoning the the burning and the, the all the craziness, but you know, that's a lot different to, in my mind than just going and openly stealing things. Right. Like, what does the TV have to do with what happened? It totally detracts. Tony, yeah. seriously, and I, I mean this with all sincerity, what do you think needs to happen for for some of these incidences? Because it does seem like every three to six months, it's this kind of incident. Three to six months, there might be these shootings, these awful yep. shootings. Um, what do you think needs to happen at the, at the community levels, the city, state levels, um, with law enforcement, um, or with this whole idea that there's a systemic racism? Well, there's a few things. First of all, I can say this. I don't know how many of those businesses, their governors deem, they point their finger were non-essential. I, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, and I keep referring to that. I know you guys can't condone it, and it's okay. Uh, I don't expect people to condone, you know, bad behavior, but mm -hmm. we're... Who's giving us more? Who's doing more bad behavior to the public than these tyrannical governors? Huh. If they say it's not essential, burn it. What good is it anyway? But here's the thing. Police that want respect should give respect. Now, look at the police officer that tackled that man in front of his six-year-old daughter. Right. This is this is pent up. Yeah. We've seen people not. We've seen officers become SS officers. For these tyrannical governors, mm -hmm. I think the people are finally saying, "You know what? No more." Yeah, it, it, I think it's just the ends are justifying the means, and this is just a casualty of the pent-up closures. Because maybe it wouldn't have been such a reaction. But imagine people out of work, uh, 
uh, where we're under a lockdown, yeah. officers are killing innocent people. There's no, you know what, we can make an excuse it's not good, but it is a casualty and it's going to keep happening until we start living like Americans again and our these yeah. lockdowns are over. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Thank you. I, I think I can totally agree with Tony. I think that you can have something that is absolutely wrong. This whole shutdown and the governors taking on executive privilege and powers yeah. to do anything they want, keeping all of us confined in our homes with masks, not getting back into the workplace. You can you can actually agree that that's completely wrong, but I think then you could also, on the other hand, say, and it's a completely wrong to destroy things. Yep. What is the in-between? I don't know, but I agree with Tony. People are starting to lose it. They, they don't know what the outlet is. They yep. don't know what the more productive outlet is for all of the pent-up COVID-19, shut everything down feelings they're having. But then they go ahead and see this on television. Uh, I get it. I get uh, it. I, I just go back to this, though. Again, we're, we're not talking about the real problem of what happened that day. That's right? right. We're just talking about things that are you know completely separate from from what happened burning right. down buildings and cars and i mean i saw on fox news yesterday four cars were burned right next yeah. to each other in minneapolis i mean what 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 yeah. is the message there what I, I don't did know. that accomplish I, right I right i think well i think it's like anything i think there has to be better oversight of of people in any position whether yep. it's again financial advisory businesses yep. factories that make widgets doesn't matter if yep. it's the, the cops they have to have the training, they have to judge the temperament of the people that they have working for them. Yep. And if they find that people are a little bit more desensitized, yep. a little bit more um, maybe, I don't know, like like they're sort of only thinking about themselves and their own successes or whatever, they've got to be put in line, right? Well, think about you and I. If we went off the handle on the radio show or something yeah. like that, Mike and Glenn would say, get right out I of the know, office. You not, know, I mean, it's, yeah. it, it, it's the, no matter what profession you're in, it, you, you got to be held uh, you know, accountable. So. No question. Joe, I'm going to bring Joe here. Joe from Tonawanda, thanks for calling. You're welcome. Um, recently I was in the hospital. I won't mention which one. Mm -hmm. An overnight stay. And I wanted to be left just to the care of the physicians. I didn't want any visitors. Well, somehow one of my family members got up to my room. Within 30 seconds, there was uh, three guys, I'll say security cops, and my family member was calling for a ride to get out of there. <laughs> and with, within the minute, he was on the ground, knee on the back, handcuffed, head slammed into the ground, picked up, moved into the hallway, head slammed into the wall. Two cell phones were destroyed, smashed in the process. All the way downstairs to the uh, bottom floor, he was rabbit punched and uh, so there would be no marks. And the, the last straw was the main individual who was uh, in charge of this uh, arrest mm -hmm. basically spit in his face and said, what are you going to do about it, punk? So, man, just and they were both. Obviously, uh, the family member was white and the cop was white. Mm -hmm. I just want to say that it's not always black on white. No, and right. It's police officers or security people that aren't trained properly, like Rambo Jim says. Yep. Once a guy's cuffed, I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's Samson. You let the dude go. You put him into the car or the cell, wherever you're going to put him. No question about it. On the other hand, 
I didn't go riding or get all my buddies and go tear down the city. Right. It happened. What I did is I contacted the house supervisor. Mm-hmm. I got an attorney, and obviously with the 19 thing going on, everything's delayed. Right. But the point is, two wrongs don't make a right. It's a very thank you, Joe. You just summed up that whole comment in that. Thank you. Thanks for calling in. And that's one Great thing point. I'd say really quickly before we we hit a break here. Mm-hmm. I think, but you know. Um, the the officers that do that make it much tougher on the officers who do the right thing right it's just like in our profession the the advisors that you know you know do bad things with people's you know money or, mm-hmm. or policies make it a bad name for the rest of us and that's what's sad there's a lot of good cops out there yep. and i know that personally from family and friends there's a lot of good cops out there and 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 you know there's a lot that don't do these things and and i think that's another sad part of this too it, it it's it's you know, uh, it creates a, a dissension between everybody. Well, and maybe maybe the good ones moving forward, again, maybe right. the good ones are going to start to to sort of like step up in a way to to help guide some of these guys that are drifting, clearly yep. drifting yep. off of what they're supposed to be doing. Um, folks, we're going to take a quick break. Um, when we get back, we're going to be talking to my friend, colleague, co-founder and vice president of the Corporation for Social Security Claiming Strategies, Andy Robertson, and do not turn the dial folks we uh andy and i mike sparaza here we will be talking to nationally known retirement income planner researcher wade fow we will be right back here on news radio 930 wben You're listening to The Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll-free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. All righty, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, this is News Radio 930 WBEN, and we are The Financial Guys. Uh, filling in Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. Our uh, wonderful leaders of our organization, they've, they had a great vision to become independent as a financial firm and also to create a team of specialists. And I don't think they're done. It continues. Nope. Every day we seem to be getting new people with new expertise to basically help people, in short. Um, you came across a video uh, this week. I, I, I did. I did. I'm a, uh, I'm a barstool sports guy. So I, 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 uh, Dave Portnoy made a, a, a video a couple weeks ago. That's the founder of Barstool. And, and he yeah. pretty much hit the nail right on the head when he talked about this coronavirus reopening and how it's changed over the last two months. And I think, I think we got the video here. to. What the f*** is going on? <laughs> when did this become flatten the curve, flatten the curve, flatten the curve to we have to find a cure or everyone's going to die? Find a cure? Who says we're gonna find a cure? People have been mentally preparing. We're doing what you ask. We've done exactly what you said. Now you're changing the rules. <laughs> I think that pretty it's, much sums it up, right? I think that <laughs> sums up I think that sums up a little bit of what Tony was saying earlier when he called in. He's yep. saying people are like really fed up. Yep. Now, not to say that there aren't vulnerable people, right? Right. I've got my own mom yep. in assisted living here in Williamsville, New York. Five, six weeks ago. Finds out that she has COVID-19. Mm-hmm. Never got worse than sort of congestion, productive coughing, without getting into all the gory details. Um, she's still kind of on the recovery, but she's she's made it through this. Thank goodness, right? Um, so there's no, re- no, no, no doubt that there's a lot of vulnerable people out there. 
However, there's a lot of people that really aren't vulnerable and would not be putting themselves or others in harm's, harm's way by yep. getting back to work. Talking about landscapers, right? Right. Why do landscapers have to work in crews of one? Why can't there be a guy on one side of my home and another guy on the other side? Why can't they be putting bushes and plants and trees into my yard, right? Why can't they do that? And I would say this too, if you can go to a, a, a you know local store and go in, you know, to a Walmart or whatever it is and, sure. and food shop with masks on, why couldn't these guys landscape exactly. with masks on or do it? Right. You know, right. I, I don't know. I don't get the, the whole, uh, I guess we'll call it the flavor of the month, like we called it before. Yeah. Just what they feel like it goes and it's yeah. frustrating to say the least. I'm going to bring my friend, our colleague, um, Andy Robertson. Andy, how are you? Mike, how are you? Hey, we're doing well. We're doing well. Um, yeah, you're up in the Rentham Mass area. Um, what are, what's the sentiment up there about just, you know, the, 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 the coronavirus and the impacts it's had not only on people's health, but also on people getting back to work and the economy and so forth? Well, I, I think it's the same, you know, as everywhere else at this point. Mm-hmm. Everybody's situation is different, but clearly everyone's beginning to question, you know, the, the decisions being made about what gets to be open and wasn't what doesn't get to be open. My daughter graduated high school this week. Mm-hmm. We couldn't have a high school graduation, but we can have 300 people in Walmart. So <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of things that, that don't really reconcile. Um, when you start thinking about them. But at the end of the day, I think Massachusetts is starting to open. Um, they're going to open restaurants. You're going to have to sit six, uh, six feet apart or be outside. Right. You know, my, my thoughts are really with all those small business owners. And as you know, the small business owners represent more jobs in this country than all the corporations do. And how many of those folks will never recover and put their lives into into building something they'll never get back? So. You know, the sooner the better. I have my own challenges. I have a couple of underlying conditions that put mm-hmm. greater risk. And, you know, I can manage that. I can take care of that. I can control that. Right. You don't need you to shut down the state of Massachusetts for me to be safe. Right. Right. My hope for my, you know, my uh, fellow Massachusetts residents that this thing can move forward. I have a teenage, you know, son who plays football. I think, mm-hmm. like, Mid Harry Carey if he doesn't get to play football in the fall, you know. So, so we're in the same boat as everybody else, Mike. I think we're all hoping for the best, and that the leaders will start to be a little more aggressive in how they approach the management of this, and recognize that not not everyone's at risk. When you back out the sure. you know, the nursing home folks and the people with comorbidities, mm-hmm. it drops you know to effectively a rounding error. So yeah, yeah, that's true. And again, as I said earlier, it's like. Um, I do think that business owners and many, many of our responsible uh, citizenship can walk and chew gum at the same time. You know, let us let us go ahead and manage this. Let these people that have livelihoods at stake go ahead and manage through the guidelines, doing the, the right things uh, for people's health, but also to uh, to give people the products and services that they were getting and actually make a living again. So and I think make their own decisions, right? I yeah, mean, if I want right. to go to work, I should be able to go to work. I know the risks of that, right? I mean, I think that's the other side of it. No question. Andy, so um, our businesses have changed to some degree. I mean, I was so used to, up, all the way up through mid-February, seeing lots of people in my office, helping people with retirement income planning, um, with, as we say, Social Security income as the cornerstone and um, I'm just so pleased that over the last three months, um, I've been able to actually, um, and I, I'm going to say, I said to Mike uh, here in the in the studio earlier, 
I've been actually able to gain new clients with never ever even meeting them in person. Why? Because of things like Zoom, because of things like um, emailing and uh, you know some overnight deliveries perhaps of paperwork, but it's really been something, this transition that I think we're all facing to going to like virtual workshops, virtual communication. And I know you've had to do this and, and you and I, we, we've designed some different training programs. We work pretty closely together. And we've had to actually think of technology as maybe moving forward the primary way to interface and to train and to uh, to conduct our business, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And I would expect that the you know the demographic that we're focused on assisting will be the last part of the, the universe that responds to this. So, so I think technology will you know forever become uh, a faster part or a, a more you know, important part of how we how we deliver our experience. Right, right. And I think the big thing I've come out of this with so far anyway is that it can work, all right? It, it doesn't mean that we've somehow lost these relationships. We've lost effectiveness, but we've had to be creative. And we have to do that so we can continue to help people. We can't just abandon the things that we do to help people, and I don't think we've had to, which has been pretty cool. What I'm really pleased to do right now, um, I'd like to introduce our very special guest. Um, he agreed to come on the show. I hope that after he does this, he won't be saying, gosh, that's the last time I do it. But I want to introduce Wade Fow. Uh, Wade holds a PhD. He has, has the designation of CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst. He's an author, a researcher, a speaker. He's without question one of the leading experts on retirement income planning in this country. We're very grateful to have him coming on, joining us today. I'm going to bring in Wade Fowl right now. Wade, are you there? Hi, I am. Thanks, Mike. Ah, terrific, terrific. And and how have you held up through this whole coronavirus crisis, um, both health-wise and, I guess, professionally? Well, yeah, I think it's really a challenge for everyone. I did used to travel a lot for work, and now I've pretty much been at home for the past two months. But it's a chance also to keep pushing forward. I'm trying to write a, a fourth book, <laughs> ah. just trying to keep going in other ways and doing more webinars and things as well. Yeah, yeah. So you're embracing the technology. You're, you're, it's the necessity, right, of your life to, to just basically roll with it and uh, continue to, to do what you do. Mm -hmm. yeah. Very good. To, to be able to, to use technology for that purpose. Yeah. I just want to tell you, I'm a former teacher. I have about 12 years of teaching background. Um, I'm now a financial advisor. I just have to commend you for the detail and the style of your writing. Um, I've read some of your, I've, two of the three books you've written, um, and you just have a great, great gift of making very complex ideas very simple to understand. And, and I know it's very research and evidence-based, which I like. Um, I don't like to tell people, oh, just trust me. I'd say run out of my office if you hear me say that. And, uh, you know, let's hope that you retire comfortably. I mean, those are just not words that I think my clients should ever hear or will ever hear. So, Wade, let me just start with this. Um, Andy and I were Social Security claiming strategists, and we have a tremendous appreciation for how, like, profoundly this, this correct claiming decision can have on an individual, but maybe more so a couple You've researched and written extensively in the area of retirement income planning. How do you think people should be facing this sort of this puzzle? This how should they be attacking the decision about the use of their capital as they approach retirement? Mm 
Yeah, yeah, well, it becomes a matter of just trying to be efficient with how you approach retirement, and Social Security is a huge part of that. Uh, the general idea coming out of the, the research about Social Security is at least the high earner and the couple think about delaying towards age 70 in order to have that delay credit to have a, a bigger Social Security benefit that will then translate into a higher survivor's benefit as well. And it can mean for people who live to their late 80s into their 90s, hundreds of thousands of dollars more in lifetime benefits. And so that's, that's a starting point is just making sure you do get the Social Security claiming decision right. But then from there, you just think about how the other assets, investments, annuities, mm -hmm. equity, and, and everything, uh, community and family support, can all really be fit together to build the best retirement strategy. Sure. I think a lot of times I'll, I'll um, when I first meet people, when they first maybe see a presentation that we do, um, we'll always get those people who say, well, come on, what if I don't live long? What if the trust fund dries up? And what if, what if I don't get what I was entitled to out of the Social Security trust fund? And I say to them, well, I suppose you could think that way, but what if you do live long? Um, what if it doesn't dry up? What if those profound benefits of guaranteed, inflation-adjusted, and highly tax-favorable income don't go away, and you don't have very much of that? <laughs> so I, I think I agree with you. Um, we, we have read, I've read um, a couple things um, that you've written, probability-based versus safety-first approaches to, to this investing decision-making. How, 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 how would you describe that to some of the listeners? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something I just kind of stumbled upon, just understanding that there's two really completely different ways to think about retirement income. And you can just ask people basic questions and get the opposite answers. And so probability-based, it's more about investments and this idea and this belief that historically the stock market will outperform bonds. And so you can approach a retirement strategy with a high stock allocation, the the advocates of the probability-based approach would say hold 50 to 75% stocks in retirement, and you'll be fine. And then the safety-first approach really looks at that differently to say, for the assets that you want to fund your core retirement expenses, you may not want to have that exposed to the stock market. And so that's where not necessarily bonds being the alternative because bonds hmm. not fund much income, mm -hmm. using the risk pooling of an annuity as a way to fund those expenses with contractual protections behind it can be an alternative way to meet core retirement expenses. Sure. So it's basically, do I want to fund my expenses with the idea that stocks will do outperform, or <laughs> do I want to use risk pooling where we have this group of individuals and those who end up not living as long help support the payments to those who live longer? Right, right. You did some tremendous research that I've read on uh, safe withdrawal rates over the years, and um, for those of you folks listening out there, a lot of times we've heard of this, this rule of thumb. Um, as long as you can safely pull out 4%, or you can, I should say, you can pull out 4% of your assets on an annual basis, and you should be okay, right? Should be. And I think that might have somewhere in the 80% chance of happening. And um, I think the the way that that would work, Wade, is if you had a dollar left after, what, 20 to 25 years, you, you would be deemed a success. Um, can you tell us how you viewed the, the safe withdrawal rates over the years, especially since 2000? Mm -hmm. that, and that's where I got my start with all this, that 
1994, there was this article published that said, you're looking at U.S. historical data, if you had 50 to 75% stock, yeah, that, that idea that you could take out 4%, that always would have worked historically. But it had so many assumptions built into it. And the first study I did was I had international data. So I looked at stocks and bonds for 20 different countries mm-hmm. and just, well, did the 4% rule work in other countries? And it, it worked in the U.S. and Canada, and that's it. It didn't work in hmm. 18 countries in the data set. And globally, it worked about two-thirds of the time. So then that just led this, this whole can of worms about now low interest rates, <laughs> right. average stock market valuations, the reality that investors don't get to invest for free. There's mm-hmm. connected to their investments. People might live longer than the 30 years assumed, and people have to pay taxes. The 4% rule ignores taxes. Right, All right. All issues. It's just that sort of approach. It's, it's not as safe as I think people tend to view it just based on the simple historical analysis. And, and up to 1990, you probably would have had a stronger argument to say, see, it works. Right, but but since 1990 and, and definitely into 2000, and then we had our 2008 crisis, and now here we are with a. I guess it's going to go down probably historically as a pretty darn good crisis here in the markets due to COVID-19. Um, it sounds like the four percent rule is certainly not something to hang hang your um, you know your successful fortified retirement income plan on. Right, because it's just like with any investment where we say that past performance doesn't guarantee future performance or doesn't predict future performance. Sure. So just because it worked in limited historical U.S. data, it doesn't mean that some sort of, as it's called, a safe withdrawal rate. Right, right. It's not as safe as people might lend credit to. Sure. Say. Absolutely. Hey, Wade, can you stay on the line? We're just going to take a very quick break. Um, are you able to do that for us? Sure. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, folks, you've got uh, Wade Fow, a nationally known retirement income planning researcher, author, um, just a really widely known person here in this this space of, of helping people understand how to have a fortified retirement income plan so that you don't reach a point where you go broke and you, you look back and say, holy cow, I should have done something a bit differently. I've also got Andy Robertson on the line, one of my partners. Uh, from the Corporation for Social Security Claiming Strategies. I'm Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza here in studio. We are the financial guys. We're gonna take a quick break. Please don't change that dial. You're listening to the Financial Guys. To reach Glenn and Mike now, call 803-0930, toll free at 800-616-WBEN, and cell calls are free at star 930. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. This is Mike Hayflick with Mike Sparaza in studio here on WBEN, the Financial Guys Radio Network, uh, filling in for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle this weekend. They deserved some time off. They've been busy, very busy, and uh, we're hoping they're having some fun this weekend. And I'm um, just happy to have on the line right now um, my colleague and friend Andy Robertson and Wade Fow, uh, nationally known for his research and writing and uh Three books I can mention uh, that he has. Three books you can find on Amazon. 
How much can I spend in retirement? We've got safety first retirement planning. You also wrote a book on reverse mortgages, correct, Wade? That was my first book, and it was kind of just experimental to ah. <laughs> process work. Would you, if you, if you went back, would you like actually rewrite it and change it or, or uh, revise much of it? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's <laughs> holding up pretty well. I did have, there's a second edition because there was a big rule change in October 2017. So I had to kind of ah. rewrite it. But yeah. since then, it's held up pretty well. Yeah. Well, of the things you do, if I could just ask you this question, what do you like best? What do you like the best? The research you do, the writing, the teaching? Well, it's a mix of all of them. These days, I don't do as much teaching because it's, the course is more, it's called asynchronous, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> or lectures, and students can watch them at their own pace. But I, I do really like the research, and, and also writing books, it's that opportunity to just make sure, the best way to make sure you understand something is to try to explain it to others. So Agreed. That's really the opportunity there. Agreed. Andy, go ahead and shoot. shoot. You've got a couple questions, I know, for Wade. I do, I do. Wait, thanks for being on. My, my first question is, what are your thoughts related to how much more complex retirement income planning is versus, and, and should I say, the difference between what it takes from a financial advisory perspective to accumulate wealth versus distribute wealth? You know, I've been in this business for 30 years, and when I look at, you know, what it takes to do um, distribution successfully, for me, it's just a far bigger challenge. And I think your body of work certainly demonstrates the amount of complexity that comes into play when you're when you're working with people in the distribution phase. But what are your thoughts? I mean, you've been in this business for a long time. You've written a lot on this topic. Would you agree that, that distribution or income planning is far more involved than just accumulating wealth? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. And absolutely, that's at the American College where I work with this retirement income certified professional designation is really meant to get at that point that when people retire, it's basically they have a whole different set of risks that they face. And so the traditional investment management and wealth management approach isn't as well suited for that. You have the longevity risk that you, you're spending from your assets, but you don't know how long you're going to live. So you mm -hmm. how much you can spend and not run out. And then you have this, it's called sequence of returns risk. It's this idea that when you're spending from assets, it basically if there's a market downturn early in your retirement, that can really dig a hole, whereas you're spending, your portfolio may not recover with the overall market. And so market volatility has a bigger impact on retirees. And then you have just all these different spending shocks, these unanticipated big bills that come, come for health care expenses, long-term care, and so forth. And so it's a completely different problem. And the traditional investment manager who's just saying, well, let's try to grow your pot of assets and you can retire when you meet your magic number that says if <laughs> you have X dollars in my bank account, I can successfully retire. That's like you climb to the top of the mountain. And <laughs> the goal of mountain climbing isn't just to get to the top. You have to safely get back down. And it can be a lot more treacherous going down a mountain than going up the mountain. So that's really, retirement income is different. Thanks for that. And, and my second question, essentially a follow-up question is, when I first started in this business 30 years ago, we used to build retirement income plans assuming people would live to 80 or 85. And, of course, that's getting moved out. 
And you know, I've heard <laughs> this industry refer to longevity as the ultimate risk multiplier. So on top of all the other things that you just mentioned, when you add in longevity, it makes all those things that much more challenging to address. And my question around that is, over my 30 years, I've had people tell me that they don't need to leverage the power of something like a guaranteed income solution. They can just build their own using bonds. What, what's your reaction as somebody who's clearly you know, an expert in this field? What's your reaction to the idea that somebody, especially in this environment, could actually build something using their clients' assets that could compete with a guaranteed lifetime income benefit? Do you think that's even a logical thought process in 2020? Uh, no, I really don't. I mean, bond interest rates are so low that the amount of assets you'd need to fund your retirement with a bond portfolio, it's, it's high. And it, it's this idea of the longevity risk that we don't know how long we're going to live. If I knew exactly how long I was going to live, then you can figure out how much bonds <laughs> to fund that. But if, if you're wrong, like if I plan, well, what if I live to 90 and so I have enough bonds to fund myself through age 90? but then I live to age 91, I don't have any money left at that point. And so bonds, when we talk about like efficient retirement income, bonds are the least efficient way to fund a retirement goal. With stocks, at least you have a chance to outperform bonds. And with annuities, the insurance company will invest in a bond portfolio. So there, there's bonds at work, but you get to spend more than that because you have this pool where some people who don't live as long they don't need as much money because they, they don't live as long. <laughs> they could fund their retirement. But some of their premium then helps to go fund the payments to those who do live longer. And that can raise the standard of living for everyone because I don't have to worry anymore. Well, what do I need enough bonds to fund me to 90, huh, 95, right. 100? No, the insurance company can just pay everyone like they're going to live to probably their mid to late 80s. And that can support a higher level of spending no matter how long you end up living. Boy, that's that's some good stuff right there. It's just it's looking through the proper lens, folks. If you're listening, and I, I'm sorry we're coming up on the end of our second hour. So, Wade Fow, thank you so much for joining us. I hope this isn't the the, the first and last time. And uh, Andy Robertson, thank you again for joining us. Um, we are done with our two hours, folks. Um, this show is over, unfortunately. But thank you to our special guest today, Andy Robertson, Wade Fow, everyone who called in. Esther, the tax lady, and her team are up next. For Mike Sparaza, this is Mike Hayflick. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, folks, and stay listening to News Radio 930 WBEN.